morning everybody, or afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to the show. We are now on episode number 42 of the Building a Better Body podcast. Today I've got a lovely little interview lined up, so I'm just going to launch into that now. Enjoy the show. I'm talking to Jen Anderson. He is the founder and CEO of the website runrepeat.com. It's an independent place on the web where you can find reviews on running shoes. Jen is a former competitive runner and a fan I believe, he will correct me if I'm wrong, uh, of short distances with a personal 5k best of 15.58 minutes. Um, Now, this is an interesting topic for me as I've often shunned running in the past, mainly what I'm talking about is excessive long distance running uh, because I did a I did a marathon once and that was that was more than enough for me my my body didn't really like that kind of abuse um, today I feel a lot stronger than ever and I find what works for me which is very little cardio sort sort of short burst sprints that sort of thing and then lifting weights every now and again but generally just moving more and sit, sitting less uh, has worked for me but that's that, that being said this is personal to me I'm always up for hearing about what works best for others and Jens is is liking shorter distance I believe so I'm intrigued to hear what he has to say about that so hello Jens how are you today hi Karen I'm good thanks thanks for having me you're very welcome Uh, thank you very much for coming on Um, so obviously I haven't spoken to you before today Uh, I've described you a little bit there but is there anything else that you would like to say about yourself that I've left out (laughs) Um, uh, I'm really interesting to have the discussion, the discussion on short runs versus longer runs. Mm-hmm. Um, me as a person, I'm a minimalist. Um, ah, very good. I, for two years, I lived with just 100 items. So that's five pairs of underwear, five pairs of socks. Okay. And you pretty easily get to 100. Um, I had all in one backpack. Um, uh, I've been a digital nomad for three years or so, uh, traveling around, working and living from different locations. And um, what beliefs do I have? Uh, Yeah, minimalism is a really important thing for me, that we're not attaching ourselves to things. Um, And um, yeah, I I think you did pretty well with the introduction. Very good. I'm actually so excited to hear you're a minimalist because I'm actually working on that right now myself. Uh, I did the minimalist challenge. I don't know if you've heard of it, where you do uh, you take a, the start of a month. So the start of this month, on day one, you get rid or donate or sell one thing. Day two, two things. Day three, three things. Four things, five. All the way. Now I only got to day twelve because I'd already done a lot of stuff. So I have hardly anything in my wardrobe now. Only stuff that I actually want. Stuff that I wear. Sold a bit of technology. Uh, it's, 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 I love it and I follow the minimalists I don't know if you do, their podcast um, and I'm the community leader for Belfast for the meetups for the minimalists as well so I, I've definitely got a lot of work to do but I, I get where you're coming from and that's pretty cool to hear that you do that as well so there it goes oh, that's really cool, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a really good exercise to think through what one is owning and and what things one appreciates and and what things just stacks up at home. Um, and um, I think most people who, let's say, convert to minimalism, uh, they, they, after some time, they get a feeling of freedom. Uh, and you just hear this over and over again. I mean, um, of course, minimalism is not about getting rid of everything you own. It's about getting rid of stuff that's not needed in your life, that you attach your life to. Because uh, 
materialism uh, can only bring you that far. I mean, that's just the top of the iceberg. And I'm not saying that products are not good in this world and product innovation isn't good. I think it's amazing. And I think, I mean, having a, for instance, I, I work a lot, so I, I do spend a lot on having a great laptop, for instance. And uh, that's not a problem in minimalism, I think. I think the, the problem is if you own excessive stuff uh, that you attach yourself to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as they say, you know, declutter your house, declutter your mind. And I don't think you understand that until you start doing it. You know, it's all very well saying it, but once you start getting rid of the bin bags and stuff, it's and then you more you're more conscious of what you what you buy in the future. I, I you know, Black Friday's coming up and Amazon's sending me emails already and I'm just going, No, nope, I don't need any of this stuff, not interested at all. So yeah, it's interesting. I think I think a a, a good place to start would be uh <clears throat> to uh, or at least you, you did this minimalism challenge which I think is great mm-hmm. but another thing to do um, that I challenge some people by once in a while is to um, take out the clothes that you think you'll be using the next uh, 14 days put yes. that in one stack on the floor and then use only that and then after 14 days uh, just uh, consider how have you felt about this uh, are you missing any items and if you're missing something Go bring that specific yes. item, right? Yes, yes. And then you realize that, like eighty percent of your closet, you can uh, you can sell, give away, or something like that. Yeah, uh, sure. Okay. And also, uh, just one more, a small more, one yes, more thing. Yes, yes. Um, when there's something I want to buy, um, I force myself not to buy it uh, until I've wanted it for thirty days. Of course, okay. this depends on what what it is i mean food i don't i don't plan my my, yes. my consumption 30 days ahead but like yeah products yeah. yeah it all makes perfect sense i love it okay well maybe we should get back onto the subject of running yeah. <laughs> that was an unexpected <laughs> bonus at the start there uh okay let's talk about the benefits of of running it's probably one of the most popular go-to extra exercises that people go to if they haven't done much in a while it's easy um what what scientific benefits can you tell us about today with that mm. So I would say, of course, obviously, there are really many benefits about running and, and I'll share a few of those. But um, uh, one also has to uh, consider some of the negative things about running, which I also want to share. Um, so uh, I think running is, if not the sport, then at least like top three sports where you consume most energy per time you spend on the sport. And that is because you're moving your body with your own body weight. You're, yeah. Whereas if you're on a bike, you have like some mechanical stuff that makes it more efficient for you to move. And same in swimming, uh, you are you are you are moving your body in an environment that's lighter uh, than if you are in air. Sure. Um, so uh, and. Um, if you take, let's say, uh, Nordic skiing, cross-country skiing, or something like that, uh, uh, you um, you're also on skis and and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think running is really, really efficient. It's it's probably the most efficient way to burn calories and to get in shape. No, I'd, I'd say almost no doubt about that. There might be like an exception. You can think of something, but uh, but this is this is um, this is the the thing number one that's great about running like benefits for your body uh, but at the same time if you have something that's so efficient there are also drawbacks and number one drawback would be injuries 
you see so many injuries uh, in, uh, in people who pick up running. I think it's three thirds of uh, people who start running that within a year have had one injury at least. Uh, if you take that to swimming, I think it's only like 15% or so. So it's really hard on your body and people, including myself, uh, tend to practice way too fast. Um, so so, so um, running is good in many ways. It's very efficient. You could, you could take it to the same as like, let's say uh, really uh, intense running like interval training versus very slow runs. Okay, yes. interval training is way more efficient, but it's also way harder on your body. So it's like a, it's, it's a trade-off. Um, but, um, but overall, I think uh, running is, is, a, is a good natural movement to do, uh, but it's also repetitive exercise. Yeah. Uh, so uh, having some, some um, uh, uh, variation in your training is really important. Uh, but if you look at the benefits, we did an article on like 71 benefits backed by science of running and it's just it's just amazing to see what what running actually can do to your to your uh, to your uh, to your body yeah. uh, they are the, they are the the obvious ones uh, like uh, um, uh, all the things it does to your body uh, increases your uh, your uh, your uh, 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 <laughs> Not consumption, not consumption, but uh, how good your body is at using oxygen, for instance. Uh, but but there are also very many like mental things to it, which I yeah. think are actually the more important ones. Uh, your love life improves. Uh, you um, you become a quicker learner. You're better at focusing. Uh, there's so many benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, to running. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you hear a lot of people just say, "I need to go for a run to clear my head." There is yeah. a lot of talk about it mentally clearing the, the fog away for a bit. But I think, like any exercise, it, you want to go, with running myself anyway, you want to go further and further and further and faster. And, fa and then whenever it gets a bit chronic, that's when the injuries creep in. Mm. Um, what do you think about incorporating a bit more strength training as well as running so that you know the muscles are stronger around the joints? Would that be maybe a better idea then? I think that's... Uh, I mean it's it's almost a must uh it's not a must but doing some exercises especially core exercises that is really key to staying injury free uh just go to the gym uh, okay let's take an example you're running three times a week then i'd go to the gym once once every 10 days or maybe once a week or you can you don't need to go to the gym you can do the exercises at home uh just put something like uh core core exercises body weight and get like hundreds of websites um maybe you have have a good guide as well mm -hmm. uh some good exercises for your core yeah uh, that that's really crucial um yeah. i think if you include sort of the fundamental movements like push pull lift squat that's yeah. gonna help you yeah yeah definitely definitely awesome. okay okay so you review shoes obviously and i was having a good peep about your website i love that you could filter by my personal favorite low drop because mm. I've, I've just, I love low drop shoes. Um, it's really easy to find what you're looking for. Uh, but what would you say makes a popular running shoe? What makes a popular running shoe? That's uh, <clears throat> that's a really interesting topic, I think, because, and this, this now now you might feel my my passion for minimalism here because yes. or, or like it's like indirectly. Um, a popular running shoe is a running shoe that gives retailers good margins so they make a lot of money on it mm -hmm. 
and the brands have promoted it or not. That's the combination for a popular running shoe. And then there's maybe like 10% that is uh, attributed to how good the running shoes are. So uh, the funny thing here is that that a popular running shoe is one that's promoted a lot by the brands. Mm. And um, it's rarely about the awesome, great technology that's used. That's rarely the case. It's about promotion. Um, and this annoys me so much. And that was actually the foundation of Run Repeat because before Run Repeat, I had a running store. And I was so annoyed that people bought the same five pairs of running shoes because they went to the store and they said, oh, I need the Asics Del Cayano. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, why do you know you need that one? Ah, someone recommended it to me. And that's that's very fine. That's very fine. But that person then was also influenced by someone and was influenced by marketing. Um, yeah. And uh, when people buy the same five pairs of running shoes, it's not true that there are five running shoes that are just the best for all runners. I mean, your feet contains one third of all uh, bones in the body. They're very complex. Buying running shoes is a, is very unique um uh, to every individual um, so I wanted to create simply a database of all running shoes so a website where you could find all running shoes and then you could do some filtering and stuff uh, and that was the foundation of run repeat so I wanted to promote the uh, well-rated ones instead of the popular ones I'm not saying you should never buy a popular running shoe that's not what I'm saying mm -hmm. and you do also see that some of the uh, 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 popular ones are also great running shoes uh, but for instance now I'm just looking at the ranking list of the 30 best uh, uh, running shoes yeah. and from that I can say on the top 30 list none of them are among ah one of them uh, is among the the five most sold running shoes uh, and do you think these people are buying them for actually running <laughs> or just <laughs> style yeah so so um <clears throat> If you look at the entire running shoe market, uh, uh, I'd say that the actual runners um, uh, contribute to maybe like 50% of the sales uh, and the remaining are people using, using the shoes for something else. It might actually be less than 50% for actual runners, might be one yeah. third. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but that's nothing bad. I mean, a nurse, for instance, or someone who is standing up and walking a lot throughout the day, for 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 many of them, they they prefer to wear a good, uh, comfortable running shoe instead of normal shoes. Oh yes, uh huh, yeah. It's amazing how the style. I don't know if it's the same where you are, but when I was a teenager, you never wore running shoes with jeans. It was like the style faux pas. <laughs> but yeah. now it's like yeah, absolutely, everybody wears them. It's and it, everybody wants to wear wear them and my my place of work we're always on our feet um and everybody wears trainers everybody wears them so yeah. it's, cool, it's cool to see uh do you have a favorite or are we not allowed to mention brands <laughs> uh, no, i'm not mentioning my favorite <laughs> yeah <laughs> no worries that's cool but you did talk about minimalist footwear and i personally did experiment with the five finger variety um i loved them for the longest time and then it was weird i just kind of kind of got bored of them and I, I currently just wear comfortable pretty low drop fully enclosed trainers uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on minimalist footwear yeah so my thoughts are uh if 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 we uh let's look back and go back to let's say year 2000 um there was a, a small brand called vibrant five fingers that started making some shoes that were uh, meant to uh, empower your body by uh, focusing on the on our uh, on our natural body that 
our body is made to move. We are we are animals and we're made to move long distances. So we don't need these um, heavy running shoes that uh, uh, force our feet to move in a specific way. Yeah. So um, they grew and ended up being very popular. And I think they peaked in around 2007. Yeah. That was when the minimalistic footwear was peaking. Um, what happened was that in 2004, then the other brands realized, ah, there's a market here. Uh, we are we're pursuing this. We're also making minimalistic footwear. They might not have believed in the idea of minimalistic footwear, but they thought, ah, oh, there's a market here. And for the brands, it's all about making money. Mm-hmm. It's all about making money. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, they joined in on that, and then it then it declined in popularity. And guess what? Uh, there are only few brands who actually do make minimalistic footwear now. And the major brands like Asics, Nike, Adidas, and so on, they don't do those shoes anymore yeah. uh, because there's no market for it anymore. They're not that enthusiastic about this. Um, then what happens? Uh, we see the the counter to this, and that was the maximalist boom, which was the brand Hoka One One. You might know it as Hoka One One, but it's actually pronounced One One. Okay. They made these maximalist running shoes with like really thick mid- midsoles. Oh, no. the, clown, <laughs> the clown shoes. Yeah. <laughs> they grew massively in popularity as well. And they are repeating history because now the other brands are making maximalist running shoes because there's a market for it because they just want to make a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was just to give like a short history like on, on that that history is repeating itself and this will happen over and over again. My thoughts on minimalistic footwear uh, are that one, um, in many ways it's great and two, in many ways it's not great. So um, what is great, the ideas, the philosophy behind minimalistic uh, running shoes um, is, is, is really good that your body uh, we are animals and we are made to move, uh, we're made to run, uh, that all makes sense. Um, um, but um, throughout your life, you've been wearing supportive r- shoes, yeah. um, all with some kind of cushioning, some with very limited, but even sandals, they have cushioning. And your body has, has gotten used to uh, this uh, support. And if you switch to minimal footwear, um, it's really hard on your body. And that's why a lot of people actually get injured by switching. Because we humans, we, we tend to be so enthusiastic if we find something that, that we enjoy. So we switch to minimal running and we're all in on that. Um, and we get injured. Um, of course, you can also find many success stories where people went from injuries to not having injuries to actually, by actually going to minimal footwear. But I think that's a, that's the biggest challenge that that people don't understand that it's really hard on your body to run in minimal footwear because you need to build up those muscles in yes. your feet. Uh, and that is just the core to this. So if one wants to pursue this, one needs to uh, start out very slow and do some, as you mentioned previously, strength training as well for your feet. That mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I think, as you say, building up, you need to have a strong arch in the first place to be able to uh, cope. And my, my, I was fine when I was wearing them. I, I guess my foot 
is pretty strong. I'm not too much of a high heel wearer, so I haven't wrecked my feet too much. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's I just kind of bought a different shoes for a while and I, they're still on the cupboard. I still have them and I might try them again. Um, do you wear them yourself? I don't. You don't. But um, <clears throat> um, I have tried them like a long time ago and I used them back then. It was fine and yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, so I don't have any like, I don't have... I don't have much negative things to say about it, um, um, uh, but yeah, one just has to start out slowly. Yeah, uh, just work out what's best for you, as always. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. And then, now, so moving on, how often should we buy new running shoes every six months, yes. like your toothbrush, which I don't do? <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the brands. The yes. brands recommend, uh, I think, uh, four to 500 kilometers. Again, yeah. they want to make profit. Um, I, it's my opinion that uh, this depends very much on the individual. Uh, probably many of the listeners would hate an answer like or hate an answer like that because they they just want like uh, you should run this many kilometers. And it, a general guideline, I'd say um, uh, eight hundred to one thousand kilometers should be fine. So you really need to be keeping track of how far you're going. <laughs> well, um, I think if you look at your running shoes, um, if <laughs> okay, this is a really vague answer. But if you don't track how long you're running in running shoes, and I mean, many people run like once a week, and there's no reason you need to track how long you're running. But then I'll just make an estimate. Okay, the past year I've run 300 kilometers. I need to replace these in two years. That's sure. that, that's fine. You don't need to make a a great science out of this. Um, but with this, all uh, there are a few things that are important. I said it's very individual. That is because, for instance, if you go with um, with the uh, uh, um, competition running shoes, so running shoes that are more lightweight, mm. they tend to tear apart faster so for those it's maybe like 400 kilometers uh, but i also had a pair of running shoes that i had for 2000 kilometers and they were just the absolute best running shoes mm-hmm. um what one has to consider is um okay is money an issue for me and uh, how about injuries mm-hmm. and which is more important um because for me personally getting an injury uh just ruins my life basically yeah. I, I it's like getting a depression getting an injury uh so so i would rather change my running shoes 100 kilometers earlier than 100 kilometers too soon but this thing about running shoes let's say you run once a week and you must change them every six months because when they just stand uh they they uh, i don't know what what's the argument but mm-hmm. but the, they can easily just stand for two years and you can still use them. That's no problem. Yeah. I guess you'll just know by looking at them if they're seeing better days. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Okay. Also, you can just look at them and think, do you think you need new running shoes? Yeah. And this is the minimalist thing coming in again. Do I really need another pair of shoes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also keep in mind that uh, if you look at running injuries, I think it's only two to 3% of all injuries that can be, said to be because of the running shoes. The remaining 97 to 98% uh, is other reasons. So running shoes is not like the primary reason for your injuries. Actually, most often it's because people progress too fast 
so we we tend to uh, to uh, increase our training volume way too fast because we're so optimistic and ah oh, this pace was so easy I'm gonna increase my pace now or I I can I can do one more run a week and then you get the injury. Sure. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. so uh, um, so I did touch upon marathon running there, and I know people absolutely love them and get addicted and want to go to all the different cities. Um, what What are your thoughts on marathon running and the impact it would have on your your health if you you know did it every single year, pretty much? Yeah. So uh, personally, I've run one mm-hmm. uh, marathon, and then I've done like some more like hiking, running climbing uh races that are like maybe 20 hours but um but it's only a few i've done and my my opinion is um uh, it's bad for your body uh but good for your overall health because if you set a goal of doing a marathon let's say you've not done one before it's actually possible to achieve but you need to work hard for a long time, and then maybe in the end you'll accomplish this. And if you achieve this goal, you'll 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 get more confident, uh, and you'll overall have a better life. Yeah. Physically, it's not really good for your body. And I think a fact would be that if you ask 100 doctors, um, 99 of them would suggest not to run above 10 kilometers. Yeah. They they would suggest you to run. Shorter training, more intense training, intervals, uh, uh, fart leg, uh, um, temper runs, uh, easy runs, uh, variation in your training, up, down, anything. Uh, not this repetitive motion of running 42,000 yeah. uh, 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 meters. Uh, that's, that's not at all healthy to your body. But, but I'm not saying one should not do it. Um, I'm just saying that. I don't think it, uh, I don't think it's healthy physically. No, no. I, I agree, but I'll, I'll not say any more on the matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you, you published a recent article talking about uh, a study suggesting American runners have become slower across all major race distances, including the marathon. Uh, what what would you like to say about that? Yeah. So um, getting slower. Uh, yeah, so basically we, we conducted this study where we included, I think it was, <clears throat> was it six, six million marathon results uh, in the US and we uh, analyzed how finish times uh, evolved over time. Um, and we noticed that Americans are consistently getting slower. Um, um, we thought, okay, maybe this is because more women participate in running. It was not the reason. Maybe it's because the average age is going up. Uh, with women, I need to say the average men are faster than the average women. That, uh, that's just a fact. So it's not like nothing against women or anything. Uh, it's just uh, so if there are more women participating, the average time will go down. And this was a small part of the slowdown, but not the main reason. Um, so. How about the age? You know, the fastest are around 30 to 35. Uh, and if the average age goes up, this the um, the average pace would also go down. Um, but uh, that was not uh, the case either. Um, and then we looked at uh, maybe it's because there are more people who just walk a race, like doing a marathon, walking eight hours. Uh, that percentage of people doing that was also the same. So that was not the reason. 
And finally, we thought maybe it's just the slow ones that are getting slower and that the fast ones are actually uh, keeping up with the pace. And we found that was also not the reason. Across all finish times, we're getting slower. So it's not, it's also finisher number 100. It's also getting slower throughout the past 20 years. Um, That's amazing considering that we have so much more knowledge about running um, and endurance sports in general. Um, our uh, uh, thought was that it ah, one more thing we checked for is uh, the temperatures so rising temperatures global warming does lead to um, slower finish times but it was again a small part of the full explanation Uh, but actually the uh, optimal temperature for running is uh, 6 degrees celsius which I don't know how cold it is in uh, Northern Ireland now, right now, but it's probably around six degrees, isn't it? Uh, let me just look at my weather up here. Right now, it is six degrees, yes. Oh! <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> Rising so, to eight, apparently, later on. <laughs> yeah. So today is the day to uh, do your Go for a run, yeah. Uh, but typically, most people would think six degrees Celsius, that's really cold. Yeah. Uh, I, there's no way this should be the optimal temperature. I think most people guess around 15 to 15 degrees, yeah, probably. Uh, but it's because when you're running, your body is consuming a lot of energy, one for movement and one for heat, uh, for uh, cooling you down from overheating. Yes. And um, that's simply why a really cold temp- temperature is, um, is, is better. Um, mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, so global warming did has, have some effect on this, but we thought the major reason would uh, is um, the increasing um, population of runners being obese. Um, we found really strong correlations to this. Um, we cannot say for sure that it's 100% this, but we found some great correlations, not necessarily causations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also checked with uh, data from uh, Great Britain and actually found that the the percentage of so in America the percentage of obese people is steadily increasing. Yeah. Um, and the finish times are also steadily slowing. Uh, for for Great Britain, um, the finish times are not slowing, and the percentage of people being obese is increasing, but no. No, uh, nowhere as near, uh, no, as as um, uh, uh, as extreme as it is for the U.S. So yes. this also like confirms our theory theory that this could be the reason. Hmm. That's super interesting. I guess now this could be wrong, but I, I feel like more amateurs want to have a go at the marathon. There's less professionals, so that could yep. be all shapes and sizes. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. There's something to that as well. Yeah, it's like a bucket list. Tick that off. That was me. Yeah. Once yeah. done, done. Before I'm thirty, done. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but this should this would then also mean uh, that the faster ones should still remain as fast as previously, or they yeah. should stop running, um, because yeah, the faster ones were also getting slower. Uh, but but I I do think there's something to this definitely. Yeah. Very good. Thank you very much. Okay, so just to sort of wrap things up, James, if you could give us one golden nugget of information to help you build a better body, what would that be? Anything at all. As I say, I ask everybody that. So, To what, sorry? Build a better body. What sort of 
one if you could give somebody one piece of information today to go off and do something to make them a little bit more healthy mentally or physically what do you think that would be uh uh <clears throat> go for a run in six degrees <laughs> uh, i'd say do everything with moderation uh so i've been a really fast runner uh but i think things takes time and you need to start out slow that will give you the best experience uh overall uh, in the long run so start slow start slow perfect and if anybody listening to this wants to reach out to you is it just uh, runrepeat.com or do you have any other social media presence uh, so uh, I don't use social media too much. Uh, so you you can add me on Facebook. I'll I'll send the link to you. But you'll probably find my profile pretty boring. Um, and uh, they everyone can reach me at uh, Jens. So J E N S at runrepeat.com. Uh, and I'm happy to uh, get any critique on, on this talk we've had or on Run Repeat. Um, anything uh, you think, yeah. Perfect. Could be good for me to know. Or, yeah. Yeah, I will put all that in the show notes, no problem at all. But yeah, thank you very much, Jens, for talking to me today. Uh, that was super interesting and definitely something that I can learn from. Thank you very much, Karen. Thank you thank for having you. me. You're welcome. Thank you.